when you were in the coma, do you remember anything? I remember I went to the other side and came back again. Hello and a warm welcome to you. This is the Young Stroke Survivors Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stops, and I am a Young Stroke Survivor. Today on the show, I speak with Joanne and her husband, Shane. Joanne had a major stroke, was put into a reduced coma, and had a near-death experience. It is truly inspirational and fascinating. So grab yourself a cuppa, get comfortable, sit back and listen to Joanne's unique and inspiring story. I just wanted to say, you're Joanne's husband? Shane. Shane. Okay, Shane. Thanks. The first scan from Mongray showed a something behind the right eye. Right. But they, they, could, put they, could, they couldn't tell what it was at that stage. No, they, they hadn't put the contrast in at that point. Right. When, when they put the contrast in, that's when after the first scan, Joanne's blood pressure had been raised. And then they're saying, we have to do this again. And Joanne's freaking out, panicking. Sure. And I would um, be too. <laughs> in claustrophobic, she didn't like it at all. And, and, and on top of that, she didn't know what was happening. Yes. Oh, she was totally conscious at that point and totally aware. But what it turned out was that the the brain had a slow leak. It would leak a little bit and then clot, leak a little bit and then clot. So and this, this has been happening for the four days. Ah, so, so her migraines for four days were actually the leaks. Yes. Right. Yes. And so the second CT scan with the contrast in her, they're laying her down for the scan and she's going, I don't want it, I don't want it. And so I'm standing out in the hallway and they call me to come in and put a lead apron and lead neck piece and all the, you know, all the stuff that they put on. And I'm kneeling down next to her and they start lowering her back She's, you know, sitting up and then she's laying down a little bit. She gets down to about 30 degrees and me kneeling down next to her, I hear her brain go like a balloon, go a really big bang. Oh, my God. And all the doctors and nurses, they are great. Did they They hear it as well? I had no idea what had happened. Did, Did they hear it? They must have because they all come running in. Oh, and wow. I'm ushered out of the room, and Joanne's put into a medically induced coma then and there. And I, I'm ushered into the little back room where all the monitors are, and they well, Auckland's going to have, going to need these scans, so we'll finish the scan while she's here. And I'm thinking, Auckland, why, what, 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 what? Yeah, and it turns out that yeah, Auckland was going to be doing emergency surgery on her and so they at that point they had organized helicopter to come and get her and the doctors finishing the scan there were two people at two different monitors the one at the right hand you know sitting at the desk at the right hand monitor calls out hey hey come and have a look at this come and have a look at this apparently they don't normally get to see blood expanding out into the brain because they don't they're not normally done in the CT room while it's happening. They, they were actually watching the blood expanding out into the brain. And I'm thinking to myself, 
this is my wife and you're in, you seem to be enjoying it they you know they, they were that must have been really fascinated with how it was expanding straight out into the brain and that you must have been terrifying on. for you oh it was it was terrible joanne was unconscious at that point i'm sitting here absolutely like horrified and also fascinated and and horrified again yeah not many um not many of the doctors and all that now um you know even my doctor and he was crying the other day and i said to him what are you crying for he goes because you're amazing and i said why he goes because you survived what are you talking about he goes 50 50 chance of not surviving not walking, not talking, not seeing, not actually living and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, the, like, Joanne's unconscious in Auckland and the doctor's telling me that I, when I finally got to Auckland, because Joanne got helicoptered there and I had to drive, he said that the surgery went well, but he didn't know whether or not she was going to even survive. And then he said, on top of that, it's going to be touch and go whether or not she keeps her eyesight because the bleed was right behind the right eye. He demonstrated he had some sort of claw thing that went in and slid the brain back so he could get to the front of the brain to do this clip on the blood vessel and he reckoned that if the claw had touched the optic nerve or if the optic nerve had got caught and wasn't sliding when he was pulling the brain back then she was going to be blind wow. if he had disrupted the the brain not cleaned the any blood clots out of the brain then she was going to be like a vegetable um he gave me a whole list of negatives and positives and he reckoned that it was touch and go either way it, it could go one way it could go the other way and so it was like 50 50 and what and were you thinking at this time i was just in a state of shock um it was it was just overwhelming really yeah but yeah like he'd say her even surviving 50 50 and then her being blind out of that, out of the good side of that 50, being blind 50 50 again, so it comes down to 25. And then out of that, whether she's a vegetable or not, so that 25 and uh, went down to 12. Mm. And all these negatives and positives, the end result in front of me right now is that is 1%. She can talk, which was one of the things that he was on about. She can walk, although limited. She can only go short distances at the moment, but she's getting stronger, aren't you, love? Yeah. I'm able to, like, voice my concerns now. Oh, yes. When Joanne first woke up and... How long after surgery did she did she wake up? They kept in the coma for about five days, I think it was. And even after that, the swelling on the outside of the brain she had on the outside of the skull she had sort of like a bruising fluid and that it started off around the wound but then it went down her forehead 
and then it closed her right eye and like they said that the swelling or that fluid would go away but it closed the left eye and then the amount of fluid was getting less but it went down the right cheek and she had all this excess fluid on the face it looked weird but i was confident that the doctors knew what they were on about Joanne, can I, can I just ask you, when you were in the coma, do you remember anything? I remember I went to the other side and then came back again. Tell us about that. I lost my mum about nine, it'll be about nine years ago. When this happened, this was almost five years ago, this happened my stroke. Right. She had died of a brain bleed, accidental one. And I remember seeing this guy, he was tall with brown hair and a bed, and a white gown. And on the other side was two figures. One was my mum. One was my, well, it looked like my uncle. He had cancer, and I didn't know he had cancer. Right. Because we were trying to find him to say goodbye to my mum. He was homeless in Auckland, and we couldn't find him. Right. And then they were like my angel. Did they speak to you? Yeah, my mum said to me, stop doing that. She said, fight. And my uncle the guy, he turned around and he said to me, Joanne, mm, no, 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 you don't do that. And, and the guy would. And, was, and the by that, was, they, they meant, they meant, what do you think that they were saying for you not to do? Not to like give up the fight. Right. Like, you know, you got this far, you know, you got to do the rest. Yeah. And are you religious at all? Or was this. A, Total surprise, out of the blue happening. This was out of the blue. Wow. You know what I mean? I didn't expect it. Like, I'll tell you what, I was I was volunteering all over the place before this. I could walk everywhere. My husband was working nights, so I would work, walk everywhere to do my jobs, which I was doing. Sure. And all of a sudden, I'm faced with not being able to walk, having to decide quickly what's going to happen with me and stuff like that, and I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So when you saw this vision, when when you were in the coma, how did it end? I knew my mum was getting really grumpy with me, and my uncle was going, you're not like that, Joanne. You know we don't give up, you know. And so the other guy that was standing there with the white gown, he was saying, your time is not up. Be strong, Joanne. And I was thinking, okay. Then all of a sudden I put to myself, okay, I've got to do this. I've got family waiting for me. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. And I came back and I surprised everyone because they said, it's the worst stroke you could ever have. Okay, there are strokes out there. But they said my one was top of the bunch. Yeah. And they said there's one in a million chance. If you survive it, it's a miracle. And so when I was in one great hospital, I was only for a few months, and I was in Auckland for a few months. I was in ICU, HGU in between those two in Auckland. And then one of the nurses came around and she wanted to give me I think it was water or something because I was there. And she turned around and she goes, what's your name? And I turned around and I said, 
Lemonade Ice Block. That's my name. Because I want a lemonade ice block. And I didn't know this. Masters is telling me all this stuff and I'm going, okay. <laughs> and then when I was telling my auntie about this and she goes, Joanne, yeah, I know. That's my favourite ice block as well. I went, oh, really? She goes, yeah. Lemonade ice block. I went, oh, okay. She goes, it's a treat of our families. I went, oh, okay. That particular part of it, Joanne had a feeding tube in her nose and kinked over. I don't I don't know if you grab a straw, twist one side, and have it loose. As you pull it tight again, it'll knot up a bit. Yep. Well, this is what had happened inside Joanne's nose. The Ooh. feeding tube had knotted and they couldn't um put any food down there, so they had to replace it. And they couldn't pull it out the nose because the knot was stopping it from coming out. Oh, you're kidding. They considered pulling it uh, through the back of the throat, but if it's stuck between the the end of the nose and the back of the throat, then um, they're going to have the same problem pulling it out uh, there. Oh, my God. So... They're umming and ahhing which way to go. They end up wrenching it out, and I'm not allowed in there while they're doing this. Obviously. So I get back to see her, and her pillow's covered in blood, and oh, no. it was pretty gruesome. Oh, no. That's her throat. Yep. So now her throat is all raw and sore, and she wants a lemonade ice block, the coolness of the ice block to throat. Soothe it, yeah. But her swallowing mechanism, with the stroke, her swallowing mechanism had stopped and she hadn't got that back again. So she wasn't allowed to have lemonade. They said that she could have iced to suck on. So I was making all these sponges, wetting sponges. They've got like swab things that they're a sponge on the end of a stick. Yep. And I put them in the freezer and was giving them to Joanne, but she wanted a lemonade ice block. So the nurse, when she comes around giving tablets, and you know, they check your wrist for your name on your name tag. And so they've got to, you know, check that you are who you um, are supposed to be. And so they're asking Joanne, what's your name and date of birth? She's going, my name is Ice Block. Ice Block. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you. How long were you in hospital for altogether? Four months the, the first time. She had a fall a little bit later on. And went back into hospital for another month. Was that was that another stroke, or was that just no, 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 um, just a fall? Right. There was a lady that you was supposed to be looking after Joanne from Geneva Healthcare, and we had issues with this company. That I I don't know Geneva Healthcare. What are they? They're a company that supplies workers. Right. Right. I see. Yep. So anyway, this person was supposed to come in. And she wouldn't come in, and we'd get a. I'd get a phone call at work saying, "Oh, the person that's supposed to come in for her breakfast isn't available. The first 
cares we can get for Joanne three thirty in the afternoon for and breakfast. I'd, yep, for breakfast. <laughs> and so I'd say to her, "So you mean to tell me that she's going to be laying in soiled clothing until you come in at half past three in the afternoon? That's not acceptable." No, because uh, they had to take her to the toilet, and if they can't take her to the toilet, then she's going to soil herself. And yeah, so it just it was not acceptable. But anyway, this one particular time, oh, you might as well tell it. It's your story, darling. You tell him the story about um you falling. Oh, uh, he um was rushing to go to the toilet because I was home by myself, and I was rushing, and I fell over my car, and then I pulled along the ground to our lounge, which has a front slider on it. And I was banging on the door, and our son's dog was barking. And then my son would turn around and tell him to shut up, stop barking. But then he heard the banging again, my son. And he came in, he goes, Oh, mum, he goes, What have you done? I said, Oh, no, I need to go to the hospital. I said, I've had my, hit my head. So, yeah. I had- how, how old is, is your son? He would have been 19 at the time. He. Um, has a cabin just outside the lounge. That and, was very lucky. Oh, yeah. The dog is... Is my hero. <laughs> the dog has a run. It's our son's dog, and so he's, he's got to run from the, the cabin. And uh, Joanne, she had made it to the toilet, fallen on the crutch, and the crutch had left a bruise diagonally across her the front of her body from just below the knee on one side to the shoulder on the other side so mm. you could see the imprint of every part of the crutch oh um but that goes around the arm was on the shoulder you can see that mark the hand grip around Joanne's hip and the rubber butt thing for the foot to grip the ground and was on the shin. There's a bruise all the way down. Wow, that was a really hard fall. And she had crawled from the toilet down the hallway, across the lounge, and banged on the, the ranch slider. The dog barks. Our son opens his door and goes, Rico, shut up, then closes the door again. As you do. Joanne bangs on the ranch slider again. The dog barks again. Jackson opens his door again. And this time Joanne bangs a third time and our son hears the banging from inside and he comes running in and calls in the ambulance for Joanne. Wow. So what are you doing today? Because you're doing some really interesting things now, five years after the stroke. You're swimming today? Swimming today. And also I did a painting of sunflowers in a field. And I thought to myself, and I made them with mirrors, the flowers and the mirrors. Oh, wow. And so I turned around and I didn't know, but someone said to me, Joanne, do you realize what you've painted? And I said, what is it? And they go, the sunflower means invisible disability. Yes. Yes, it does. And I turned around and I said, 
Well, I didn't know that before I painted it, and she goes, well, you know now. So have you gone back to charity work? Um, yes. Short answer, darling, yes. Yes, in a roundabout way. What I'm doing now is I'm an advisor on my council to do with a disability advisory group. Wow. And I'm co-chair. Wow. And also, i tell you a story. Okay, this Please might do. be. This is about Shane. I was stuck in there for Mother's Day and for my birthday, and I was getting really grumpy. And I thought to myself, I don't want to stay here anymore. I've had enough. And so, you know, he says to me, okay, I'll take you downstairs and we'll go out for a coffee. So, so it's going to, you know, get you out for a little bit. I went, okay, then. So we get in the, in the lift, and I hate lifts. So, you know, I got out and I was quite, I was tired as well. I was quite grumpy. Anyway, the charge nurse saw me. The one was looking after me. She goes, Joanne, you're grounded. And I said, why am I grounded? You need to sleep. And I said, so what about my baking? Because, you know, they, they were teaching me how to bake stuff. So when I go home, then I'll be able to do it myself. Oh, yeah. And so they turn around and they said to me, what do you want to do today, Joanne? I said, well, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm not allowed to bake. And they go, what the heck? What have you done, Joanne? And I went, oh, well, Lisa told me I couldn't bake today because I'm grounded. I need to sleep. She saw me have a meltdown. And they go, oh, no. When you say Lisa, that means you're in really big trouble. And I went, okay. And then I was trying to figure out how I could make, because he was born on Mother's Day as well. And I was thinking, how can I make his day more better because I'd be able to go home and bake a cake. So anyway, I went into my class and I said to them, to the ITs, I said, look, I've got to bake a cake. It's for my husband's birthday. And they go, what kind of cake is it? Is it a carrot cake? And they go, okay, we'll take care of it. So I had organised one IT to do the go out and get the ingredients, another person do baking, the icing, the cooking, I had organised all of this for his birthday. So when he came in later, he got a birthday cake. Oh, he, that's lovely. He said to me, I thought you were grounded. And then the other ladies come in and go, we made it for you. It's in, it's, it's in our fridge with your name on it. We put it on there because someone would take it and your name's in there. So you better go and get it. Joanne had asked one of the um, OTs, to go and get all the ingredients, had asked a nurse to mix up all the ingredients and put it in the, had asked the, what's that, the guy in the orange? I can't think of his name. He was a assistant. He wasn't a nurse. Healthcare. Yeah, yeah. He was to make sure that it didn't burn you, take it out of the oven. The nurse that had, not the nurse. OT. OT, thank you. The OT Joe. that got the ingredients she was going to ice it and there was another ot that cut out all these decorations printed and got a you know printed and cut out these decorations and put them on the cake so it was choreographed like an orchestra yes joanne had asked you know called in all these different favors from people (laughs) that's just lovely what a beautiful story i said to shane i said now 
It's not going to be like that at home, you know. So don't even get any ideas. It's been absolutely so inspirational talking to you. I'm just so honoured to have met you both. I think you're both absolutely fantastic. And it's been great talking to you today. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we sign off? It's just that oh, also I do. I used to do mentoring at RTC, which is Regent Training Centre, yep. to a 16 to 19-year-old students. Yep. And I... What I used to do, I used to talk to them in the mornings. I used to go, I'm teaching new life skills. So even after I had my drop foot surgery, I would go in there with my cast and talk to them and that. And so anyway, I have a journal that Shane did from beginning to now. And everybody in there that I've met along have put things in there. Now, one of the ones that they put in there the managers from RTC was, Joanne, you're inspiration and you're inspiring. You've changed RTC forever. The journal has been quite helpful for Joanne because, you know, she doesn't remember how bad she was in the beginning. If she's having a bad day today, I can sit with her and read all these inspirational things about where she was and how far how she far has she's come. come. And it's such a healthy thing to do. That's such a healthy thing to do. It's also my kids have said to me when I, like for Mother's Day one time, I said to our youngest daughter, What do you want from mum? And she goes, I want my mum back. She goes, It's not you anymore, mum. I said, I'm here. She goes, I know, but. It's not the same. You can't run after me. You can't chase me. You can't growl me. You can't do anything. I I know that, but I am here. I'm alive anyway. And she says, yeah, I know. And and I think you're a, a better version of the person that you might have, that you were. Like you're, you're so resilient and you're so strong to have recovered so much after that event. I mean, I think you're, Absolutely wonderful. No, oh, thank you. I'll tell you now, I do have situations where my brain, I can't go in the full sun. I have seizures if I get too hot because my brain tells me too late. Yep. If I'm too cold, I have a seizure. So it's not easy, but I deal with it. I try anyway. And also, I've got hemianopia as well. Have you heard about them? No, I haven't. I swear, one hemisphere, I think it's my left side, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a vision problem, hemianopia. Um, right. Once one hemisphere is the brain set, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it in our, our, our terms. The brain, Joanne's brain says that the left-hand side is irrelevant. Right. So her eyes work, both eyes can see everything on the right-hand side. So if you picture from your nose a straight line out, everything that your eyes see on the right-hand side is normal. But it's like the left-hand side is black. The brain sees everything on the left-hand side, what the eyes do, but the brain says that everything on the left-hand side is irrelevant, and so it doesn't see it. Wow. And the funny thing was, Andrew, my husband would get me a plate of food. I'd be, and I'd think, oh, yeah, okay then. 
and then I'll get, I'll go, I finished now. And then it turns around the plate and he goes, no, you haven't. Because you couldn't see the left-hand side of the plate. Joanne, a number of times she said to me, oh, can I have some more food? And so I'd pick up the plate, turn it 180 degrees, put it down again. Oh, you've got me some more food. Oh, oh that's great. That's so great. funny. I mean, you got, you know, I think, you know, I'm blessed in so many ways. I mean, my doctor said to me, it was my determination that got me here. And I've met Aaron A. Clark personally, and he signed my book, and he goes, you're, you're a role model for other people, he said to me. And so I went, oh, okay then. Yes, definitely. And then, I can't wait to share this story with everyone. It's just It's amazing. going in the national, apparently – my stroke coordinator up here, Garvey, she wants to put it in the national magazine. That's an inspirational story. As well. So, yeah. The strength of human spirit. It's not only that. She said to me, you inspire so many people that have had strokes. I'll tell you something. I did a testimony. I've never seen so many people cry in all my life. They came up to me and they go, oh, my gosh. Is that really you? No, it is. You can touch me if you want to. Joanne was asked to go to a local church and do a testimony, and she was the named speaker. Uh, uh, went up to the front and told them her story, and uh, yeah, there were a number of people uh, crying after it. I bet there were. It's been so lovely talking to you both. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Okay, to audio again. Definitely. I would Keep love in touch. that. Yes, yeah. I would absolutely love that. That'd be really cool. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. See, See you guys. Bye. Bye.